I don't, is that supposed to be a joke? That's the joke. I don't get it. I can see clearly now, Lorraine no, is no, gone. No, 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 no. Some hillbillies throwing rocks at us. <laughs> Bigfoot exists. Yeah. Hey, is Matt a man of science? Yeah, well, that is a dumb question. Yeah, I'm a man of science. I'm only lying, so. For the record, Riley looks like a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though. And I have matured like 28 years oh, in the last man. five years. <laughs> You'd probably be like seven. Oh, okay. Very lewd. What? <laughs> Your life just gets overflowed. Anyway. Good morning and welcome to Mahe Podcast number 12. A real dozen. Yeah, yeah. Alicia, Alicia, you know I keep a picture of a... Uh, Mom and you and Janessa and Micah in my wallet. Wow, that's sweet. Yeah, do you know why I do that? Why? So I can so I can remember why there's no money oh in it. Oh my goodness, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> that's your own fault. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> in this week's edition of What Did Alicia Learn? Oh, going What to did it. Alicia learn? Okay, this is, uh, yeah, anyways. um, I learned that if you put a... Black Widow and a Daddy Longleg and Red Ants in a container together and have them fight with each other, the Daddy Longleg will win. Wait, did you learn this by experience? What do you? How did I you wish learn? I wish I was this creative. No, one of the we were ta- we were at dinner talking about all our crazy animal stories because you know living in a tropical third world country gives you a lot of those. Uh huh. Um. So. Well, how, who, and so, so one we, of your friends Yeah, so told we were talking about, we were talking, I, I was sharing my stories, and then um, one of the guys that I pull out with, his name's Matt Julian, he told this story about how him and his siblings, is, or him and his cousins or something. Do you think Matt's a reliable source when it comes to yeah. wars between Daddy Long Legs, I think so. Black I would, Widows? Yeah, yeah. And Red is. Ants? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. Okay, so, I mean, that's, that's nice. Yeah. Did, learn anything in school? Nah, nah. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. Well, in this week's sports report, Damascus Christian School girls play the Trout Lake High School girls, and you played with people on both teams. Yeah, I played at both high schools. Both high schools. Both so high what, schools. what we have to say about this is actually, you know what? Both teams remind me of butter. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're on a roll, baby. Oh, all right, in this week's edition of What Grinds My Gears. Oh, boy. So my ba- I, I was coaching JV basketball at Dayton Christian School, and my season's over. But you know what grinds my gears? What? Well, first, one thing that grinds my gears is my season's over. I loved oh, coaching. Bummer. But I, you know what? Refs grind my gears. Yeah. Refs get the re- – and this one dude, I got a – this one dude last game, he was just making crazy calls. So I was like, Ref! And he was on the other side, and he wouldn't really listen. Ref! He wouldn't listen. So I was like, Ref, hey, Ref, can I pet your seen eye dog? And oh, he's no. like, wait, what? <laughs> and he started to come over. And I was like, Ref, if you had one, if you had one, eye, one more eye, you'd be a cyclops. No. And then he was like, uh, come again? <laughs> and I said, Ref, I mean, Ray Charles could have made oh, that no. call. And then, and then he was like, he gave me a little timeout. Timeout. Tea, no, he gave you tea. Oh yeah, he gave me a tea. <laughs> similar, similar Just, motion. Did he actually give you tea? <laughs> oh, that was all made up. 
I wish I was man enough to say those things to oh, a rat. Oh wow! No, I will someday. Bad, I will. Someday. I think what I think what you should have done is what. Um, if last week, if the people were listening to last episode where we talked about how Eldrin. Um, have oh, those kids, yeah, even yeah. though it was a lie, I think that you should make that an actual thing. I think yeah. you should do that. Have the, <coughs> you have know two I, guys face guard the refs. That'd you know what genius. I did do That'd one day? What? what I did do because Sean Painter was a ref, good oh, friend. Oh yeah. And I and I brought these I brought these glasses with that had googly eyes on them. <laughs> did you actually? Oh yeah, he was refing, and I was like, and he he blew his whistle or something, and then uh-huh. you know I was a fine call, and he, then he. <laughs> Then he handed the ball, and I put the googly eye glasses on, and I was like, Sean, you need your, do you need my glasses? <laughs> and then he got a laugh out of that because he knew I was just messing. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. All right. Well, that was at a game in Glenwood. I believe it. That was me coaching I've... Trout Lake boys, I think, against Glenwood boys, high school. Uh, so it was not against um, – Eldred was not coaching that against that team. All right. Anyways, sponsors this week. Um, we're going to keep it short. JMA, uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to tell you, if you are not sponsoring this show, you need to, because our sponsors are, they have so much going on and it's really quite honestly because of this podcast. Yeah. JMA, they have so much traffic on their website Wait, now. Wait, hold on. What, what, is, what is JMA printing? JMA printing? Yeah. What is their website? Uh, yeah. I uh, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, and then Zoller's, <laughs> uh, Zoller's Rafting. They are primed to have a great year. They got lots of snow, and uh, they're sponsoring this podcast, so they're going to have of thousands of people. If they don't, if they don't have their best year yet, I mean, then politicians aren't liars. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then uh, Mount Adams Pole Vault Club. They're also going to have a good year. Yeah, I think they. I think they're going to have a good year. Yeah. You know their motto. What What was it again? Uh, trying is the first step towards failure. Oh, that would inspire me too. <laughs> well, <coughs> um, no, all those sponsors are having a great year. So the rest of you sponsors, you know, hit us up. We'll give you your bill that you can pay to us no. to sponsor this show. Uh, sure. This week for you. Okay. Here's another, here's something special. We interviewed a 102 year old man for you guys. C.W. Calloway. Uh, Alicia, say a little bit about, introduce our our um, guest. Yeah, so we got my great granddaddy. Yes. To, um, we interviewed him. He is 102, like Dad said, but he was also a missionary in Thailand, which I find pretty fascinating. Um, so we just asked him a couple questions about that and a couple questions about what life was like 102 years ago. Yeah. In the last 102 years. Yeah. Now, here's something I got to tell you about C.W. Calloway. He wanted this podcast to be the best. He So, we sent him questions ahead of time. Uh, we wrote them down. He wrote out his answers. He doesn't... Now, he's 102 years old. If you're 102 years old and you show up for a podcast, or you sh- you wake up in the morning, you are in the top half of a half of a half of a half of a percentile of one of people because who lives to be 102 yeah, years old pretty I mean, much he's goaded yes just getting up <laughs> in the morning so he want but the, he doesn't he still sends out emails probably two a day to all his grandkids and his great grandkids and people that he's done things with over the years uh he's he's acting he's on facebook yeah yeah 
He is joined. Follow him up on Facebook. Yep, follow him on Facebook. He, but he wanted this podcast to be great, so he uh, wrote out his answers, and and it, it's a little bit hard, in in some ways because he doesn't hear great, so we would we couldn't ask follow up questions, so we would ask him a question and he would and he would answer it, and uh, we can't go with follow up questions. But what you're hearing is a one hundred and two year old. Just talk about some of his experiences in life and just think about, I mean, being that coherent, speaking that well as a 100 and putting in the effort to do a, to do a video interview as a 102 year old. That was a special thing that we got to be a part of. And, uh, and I mean, you're the luckiest podcast fans in the world. That's all I have to say about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. So, are we about ready to start? Yeah. yeah. Who's your favorite great grandchild? Just a moment. Let let me pray, Father. I want to thank you for this opportunity to be on this podcast. And you know, Lord, that I'm getting tired this evening. And you know, Father, my limitations. And so, Father, I'm trusting in you. I'm not able to do this myself, but you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And I praise you, Lord, for that. And so I'm trusting you tonight, Lord, to cause this podcast might go well. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Who is your favorite great-grandchild? Well, since Alicia asked this, she is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> but, of course, each of my other 18 great-grandkids may also be my favorite yeah. temporarily. It just depends on which one of them asked that question. <laughs> That's a great answer. What was one of your favorite things to do as a child? Okay, let's see. Since I'm now 102 years old, that would have been around 90 years ago, and my memory is fuzzy. But I do recall following my mother around and asking repeatedly if she couldn't think of something, just something, that I could do. I was just so bored. <laughs> but I'm not bored anymore. I'm just trying to decide what I can leave undone so as to finish off some of the endless projects I've started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did World War II affect you, and and how? Yes, in some ways, but I was a student in uh, Bible college and also preaching each Sunday. With that, I was exempt from the draft. I did have two brothers, and uh, my brother-in-law in the Navy had one brother in the Naval Air Force and one in the Army. I could not afford a radio or a newspaper and received few letters, so I knew little about how that war was going on. Some things were rationed, but I couldn't afford those things anyway. I was also courting and then married and had our first son all during that uh, World War. When did you go to Thailand as a missionary? When we first went abroad to serve as foreign missionaries, we had no thoughts or expectations of ever serving in Thailand. It seemed clear to us that God was guiding us to take the gospel to the Rawang tribe of northern Burma near Tibet. 
but it was the long, circuitous route we had to take before winding up in Thailand. On December 27, 1946, we, with our two small sons, sailed past the Statue of Liberty and into the Atlantic Ocean. Wow. Oh. On January 5, 1947, we landed at Southampton, England. We'd gone there so that I could take a one-year course in missionary medicine in London. That was because we were expecting to serve among a mountain tribe where there were no modern clinics. Uh, we both got in some study of the Burmese language while in England. In Rangoon, we tried for four months to get uh, permission to work in northern Burma, but we failed to get it. Thus, we moved on to China, expecting to work with those of another mountain tribe there. We plunged into the study of Chinese and served as we could along with other missionaries there. We loved China, the Chinese people, and the language. But alas, we only got to stay there one year. During that time, communists captured one province after another until they had control of the whole country. It was obvious that Christian mission work would not be allowed, so Western missionaries fled in droves throughout that year. Finally, we were convinced that we also must leave. On September the 7th, 1949, we flew out to Hong Kong. We had to dispose of most of our belongings, but we did have one precious treasure we'd been blessed with in China. That was our first daughter, Joyce, who was born in Kunming on July the 5th, 1949. She's a delicious grandmother. In Hong Kong, we learned that there were several tribes in the mountains of northern Thailand that used Chinese as a trade language. And then, miraculously, we were able to get visas to Thailand. We were convinced that God wanted us there. We sailed from Hong Kong on a Chinese freighter and arrived in Bangkok, in Thailand, on October the 18th, 1949. That was almost three years after we set sail from New York. So, there you are. That's the answer to your question as to when we went to Thailand. It's a cool story. What was the best thing about living in Thailand? Whether among the, the uh, northern Thai people or the tribal people, we never had any trouble finding a home where we could stay overnight. But very few of the people were open to the gospel. Mm -hmm. The best thing about living there was when someone opened his or her heart in full surrender to Jesus and to see the transformation then in that life. That is fantastic. So how did you get from China to Thailand? Okay. On September the 7th, 1949, our family flew out of Kunming on the Lutheran mission plane. We were scheduled to land in Hong Kong and did get near there, but a typhoon prevented our landing there. So the pilot turned around and landed in Canton, Guangzhou, province of China. And that province and Yunnan province were the last to capitulate to the communist invasion. Mm -hmm. Communists took over in December of that year. The airline put us up in a nice hotel. Our little boys were thrilled to have running water in the bathtub, an experience they'd not had in Burma or Kunming. As I recall, they even let the tub run over onto the bathroom floor. And uh, the next day, the winds had subsided enough for us to go on by train to Kowloon, Hong Kong. But winds were still strong enough that day to shake the train very severely. Did you ever travel on the Mekong? I and some of our kids crossed it one day in a ferry from Thailand to Laos. 
because their visas had expired. They had to do this to get new visas. Several years earlier, I had crossed it when going from uh, Burma to China. At the Burma-China border, I and my goods were transferred from a Burmese truck to a Chinese truck. There we were on the Burma Road. Uh, the Mekong River at that at the point where we crossed it is in a very deep valley mm-hmm. with steep slopes of tall mountains on either side. After catching our first glimpse of the river, which was far below, we followed a switchback road for what seemed like hours down to the river. The river was wide, and we were just after a huge flood, which had destroyed at least part of that bridge. That portion of the uh, bridge had been repaired, but it looked very shaky. There was a truck ahead of us uh, loaded with tires for a company. They were taking them to China. And the driver and his helper were wheeling the tires across one at a time to lighten their load before driving across. (sighs) Although my driver had a helper, the three of us could not possibly get my goods across since I was taking along goods for Isabel Didamar and her goods were in heavy wooden crates. Uh-huh. So he decided to just drive across, trusting we could make it. Of course, I had my eyes closed and was <laughs> praying fervently. Yeah. I think he may have been calling on his ancestors, if he was religious, that is. Yeah. And I presume he probably kept his eyes open and his hands firmly on the steering wheel. (laughs) But God must have commissioned special guardian angels to lift our truck and its load across that bridge. It's only by his grace that I'm still around to to this day. Yeah. All right. Um, Is there rafting on the Mekong River? Is there rafting on the Mekong River? Yeah. Okay. Well, Morgan, since you've taken so many groups of unrafting trips, <laughs> I should have expected you to ask this question. <laughs> and, yes, there are rafts along most of that river's long trip to the Pacific Ocean. Most of those rafts are made of bamboo poles lashed together. Wow. There are also all manner of boats used to carry people and goods. A lot of clandestine opium and heroin has been transported on the Miko. Hmm. All right, Mahe Podcast Nation, I'm interjecting right here to tell you that we asked CW a question about uh, converts during his ministry, and he had a story that he read from a, a guy named Gao Ming, and then he included his own commentary at the end, and we don't have time for the whole story, so we're just, uh, we're just skipping to the commentary at the end. Uh, I, I just want to add a few comments of my own to what Gao Ming has just said. Gao Ming has been a close friend and associate in many projects over the years. I knew him and his family in the refugee camp, and he studied car repair and worked in that field for several years. He was one of the technicians for the audio recording of the Mian Bible. Hmm, that's a good story. All right, this week's Bible passage is Psalms 1, Alicia. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. 
In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Hey, when I think of C.W. Calloway, I think of a man who has walked with God and he's like a tree planted by the streams of the planted by the streams and he and he's yielding fruit he's strong he's not blown here and there like chaff like the wicked but he has uh had a strong and fruitful life and and it impressive to me even as a 102 year old he is still desiring to honor God and serve God and remember You are being lied to often in our world, but you are not being lied to when you are reading the Bible.